0: Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast, podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With Wedding and Event Consultant, Toby Dodge, author of The Other Side of the Aisle, and Eric Zimmerman, DJ, Master of Ceremonies, Pianist, and Band Leader of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Pink Wedding, Event Designer, Part 4. Wedding and Event Podcast, Episode 49. Color and flowers are standard elements often used in wedding design. In talking with Toby, I learned that flowers are ordered months in advance, and that time of year and holidays influence price and availability. In this episode, Toby recounts how some couples come to agree or disagree on design, and how a floral designer was challenged by a sudden change weeks before the wedding. And now, please enjoy, "Pink Wedding," event designer part four, wedding and event podcast episode forty-nine.
1: I happen to love um, HGTV. I can't say I'm addicted, but I do watch a fair.
0: HGTV.
1: Uh, yeah, Home and Garden. Home
0: Garden, sorry. And yeah, TV,
1: TV. Uh, series, and they have home improvement shows. And I That's kind all of went curiously through these uh, shows, Absolutely. thinking of what I would do if I were to uh, redo something. And I, for, I guess, the strength of the story that they show on these shows. The husband and wife uh, or couple that are uh, looking for a new home, they always are opposites. In other words, th- there's a built-in twist or conflict uh, so that the realtor has to consider two different directions and they have to find a house that they both like and they, I mean, that's part of the story, you know, it's just yeah. not a couple looking for a house. There has to be some plot twist in, in the, uh, story. Some, some
0: kind of conflict or some kind of. Yes, like
1: exactly. Yeah. Or
0: that's a common misconception I think with, with television production or movie production is that I think that there can be a, um, um, uh, yeah, there can be a bit of of difference, and and uh, and certainly established viewpoints. Yes. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's so beautiful when they come together.
1: Well, you know, yeah, and, and then the idea is is at the end of the program, they find a house that they they both mutually like enough uh-huh. in ways that it's their perfect choice. Well, yeah. because they're plunking down a lot of money, they better. <laughs> be <something. laughs> they they come to grips with that is best. But, you know, they kind of play up the differences at first. Right. Very much so. Okay. So I, I I bring this in only because sometimes you start out with a couple that does genuinely have differences, or you have generational differences or cultural differences sure. or religious differences. There are so many different ways that there can be differences. And yet, by the end of whatever session or time, planning time, they come to grips with their differences and they make those decisions and go on. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've seen people um, be very concerned about the choice of wine.
0: Uh.
1: And, you know, I don't want to serve that at my wedding, you know. Or, or they'll say we have to have both domestic and and foreign kinds of beer. We just can't have, you know. I mean, it's they're emotional about it, you know. <laughs> and I sometimes, you know, sit back and say, wow, they're really passionate about that. And so it doesn't matter logically what I think or. Mm-hmm. In a sense, looking at it, you know, we're, we're talking about one beverage here. But we probably spent 10 minutes on that one beverage with great fervor, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out what are they going to serve. And you you ask an innocent question and sometimes you get back,
0: Ooh. you know. Yeah.
1: Well, case in point, I had a, um, a bride who loved pink. And it's, it's no surprised that there are a lot of guys out there that don't like pink and you know it just I mean today it's not taboo at all but you know from time to time you get people who just don't like a color whatever it happens to be but the groom never said a thing I mean he was a busy lawyer and he he didn't pay a lot of attention he gave free reign to his bride, and it was his second marriage, her first, and so it didn't kind of dawn on him (laughs) until she came over with the sample of the centerpieces, which was every shade of pink you could imagine. I mean, they were gorgeous. Uh, Even though pink doesn't happen to be one of my favorite colors, but it was gorgeous, it was truly gorgeous. So, of course, she goes and shows him. I wasn't there at the time. She calls me and says... Um,
0: the wedding's I, off.
1: <laughs> I know. no. I, I, I got an important question to ask you. And what it happens, like, within a month of the wedding, Ooh. and the wedding is on Mother's Day weekend... The biggest flower, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, it is is. holiday that you could want flowers is Mother's Day, besides, you know, in February with roses for
0: Valentine's Day.
1: Valentine's, but Mother's Day is a huge flower day. So she says, you know, I didn't realize that my fiancé, we'll call him Mike, he cannot imagine an entire ballroom in pink. I mean, we had dusty rose couches to be brought in, antique couches. We had uplights that were in different shades of, of little amber to to rose to to peach. I mean, it was definitely color issue here and I said so what color would he prefer (laughs) and so she said well do you think we could change maybe to violet you know blues and violets and so I said you know I don't want to say yes or no we really have to check with the florist because These flowers have been ordered a long time ago. And I don't know exactly when they're coming in and how many flowers are being flown in versus domestic. You know, you never know all of that ahead of time because things can change because of the weather in a place where they were planning to get the flowers from wow, I never thought of So you always have to have backup, um, and so I said, "But I'll talk to the florist uh, because honestly, this florist was extremely uh, artistic, and it would have been very hard for him. Uh, not that he wouldn't make the shift, but the care that was taken." In all the different subtleties within this color, with all those and uh, let's say anticipated shades, it's not always easy to make that shift, especially when you choose another color that might not have the depth of variety of blossoms and shades. So it's not just about Mother's Day, you know. It, it has to do with the actual flowers themselves and varieties available so I talked to the florist and you know he was besides himself and you know he just said I don't know how I'm going to do this and you know I mean they, they just too much and blah 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 and I was on his side believe me I I, I just said hey I get it I had to ask you I knew what the answer was going to (laughs) be, but I had to answer. And I said, would you rather reply to her or would you rather have me? Because I felt, you know, it should come from him if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And he did. He wanted to talk to her personally. And she convinced him that, uh, I mean, he convinced her that the, it would work out fine. And because you know, we can change the up lights to, you know, be a little warmer and, and um, a little away from pink and we'll make it all blend and it will look beautiful. And when he he walks in the room, it'll just glow. Mm -hmm. And it did. It was gorgeous. And so they made slight differences in the under layers of let's say the The linen and they just made some subtle changes that they could make Mm -hmm. so it wasn't quite as as pink and it worked out but I'm telling you it would have been a boatload of flowers that would have had to have been changed and it wasn't realistic Mm -hmm. honestly to make that change but it shows how powerful color can be in design too that it can sweep you off your feet or it it can disturb you if it's not something that you can personally be compatible with. So it, it needs to be discussed, but that's why design is always an important element in an event, whether we're talking music or visuals or taste whatever so then a music
0: or excuse me a wedding designer
1: mm-hmm.
0: or, or an event designer then
1: mm-hmm.
0: would have to consider the functionality of of well you know you mentioned that center piece that center divider ballroom divider that that got moved away and then and then the ceremony got moved into the the the, the Oh the elements yeah, uh, yeah the elements uh-huh. moved into this uh-huh. other, and then we put the, put the, 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 wall back, so to speak, and now- Well,
1: actually the, the wall um, came down. In other words, I, over was oh. accordion, um, but paneled, I should say, mm-hmm. and they moved tables over. I see, I see. They, they just, um, uh, they had about an hour for changeover. That's all, right. So, yeah. right, so where the room was divided, uh, was the beginning of the dance floor in the other room uh-huh. so it was kind of the room was turned on its side so you entered from the side instead of from the back yeah uh, because of the way they had to uh, to work with it
0: so a designer is is have that the elements of what he's already working with and then mm-hmm. the logistics of what he's working with and then making making that transition from one to the next or what he has to do it's all his. Yes,
1: I, I think you, you bring up a very good point here about logistics. In other words, in an ideal world, uh, everyone likes for the, the guest to walk in from the farthest point to the most dramatic focal point hmm. mm-hmm. to catch mm-hmm. their eye. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes you're in a situation because of logistics, because of the timing you are unable to keep the focal point in the same direction. And so you have to weigh the importance of the guests coming in and having something lovely to look at or uh, create a pathway for them to get to their seats and still feel like they've come into a special event, that it's not a luncheon just with tables and chairs and centerpiece. Uh, that, which is, you know, if someone wants something simple, great. But if they went to the trouble of in, of in creating this environment for the ceremony, chances are they want to continue that feeling into their reception. So, in this case, as I mentioned, the, the gate went behind the bride and groom's sweetheart table yes and interestingly enough they chose to have the sweetheart table uh, not at the very front of a room where you would think the focal point would be but because they had the cake and they had the the gates they chose each of them to be on one side of the room from the other Mm. toward the focal point, which was, um, a, a DJ. And you're saying, but a DJ, how could that be the focal point? Because it's not a big setup. So how would you, how would you have that? And, but what they did, which was very clever They the DJ was on the carpet next to the dance floor because oftentimes it's hard to be on a stage and a DJ if there's any give, uh, especially if you're spinning records. And he had a a tremendous amount of stuff with them. And that's what I wanted to say. What he did is he kind of made. Each of, of the way he works, um, he had one musician that played the, uh, I guess, that played along with tracks. I see. A saxophone.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And then he had a singer that came in. Uh-huh. And so, visually, there was a DJ and two other people. And then they had a backdrop of a garden wall uh, with uh, trailing flowers. And so that acted as the third focal point. So in this particular situation, it all worked because the, the garden wall uh, was silk. It wasn't real flowers. And so it could be used over and over again and was actually a could have been a backdrop for a photo booth, Mm -hmm. but it it was a little taller. It was eight feet uh, high and at least eight feet wide. So it wasn't as expensive as it would have been if that had been real flowers. It could easily have been three or four thousand dollars. Uh-huh. I mean, if it had been, uh, and what they did by having just the greenery, which was also—I don't know if it was silk. It might have been because silk flowers are expensive too. But it was—it was, it was uh, manufactured mm-hmm. uh, materials to look like a a hedge. Um, and then having these trailing flowers that were also manufactured set a great tone. And it was just enough. And again, Mm -hmm. was not expensive and fit in with everything else. Traditionally, you can say, well, that was maybe a little different, but it worked for them.
0: You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email eric at elegantmusic.com That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com Contact Toby by email toby at tobydodge.com That's T-O-B-E-Y at tobydodge.com Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.